You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. His angel ripped to the outside, beats Villa battling, but it is all Captain Ravishing. He's put the gap on them that you would have expected and he is coming away for a big win in a blistering final quarter. Captain Ravishing by 25. Second was Rip. Third yeah, is... ripped home in 25.92. He's a bit of a freak of a horse. As we know, he and Leap to Fame are the, the best three-year-olds in the land. Chris Barsby, how are you, Chris? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. And what a race it's going to be. The race is at Melton, this feature program on Saturday night. Group one's everywhere. Good horses everywhere. Yeah, Breeders' Crown race night, Steve. You'll have to find out, being the number one ticket holder for the Captain Ravishing fan club, if that horse is going to stay with Emma Stewart after the weekend. What's happened? Oh, well, I'm just asking the question. If, if the horse remains with Emma Stewart or goes to another stable? Okay, has there been a bit of speculation, Chris? There's, there's word on, on the street that uh, there, there might be some change coming forward, so we'll just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, there's been a bit of banter about of recent times, so we'll, we'll wait and see. Mm. The, the plan is the chariots after this weekend because he's not eligible for the Vic bread, so um, the chariots of fire comes around early next year, so it'll be interesting to see um, who's, who's going to be trading him. Interesting. Okay. Chris, of that program last week, is there any other horse that you thought was just brilliant, um, looking forward to seeing in the, the final on Saturday night down there? Well, Major speaking delight. of the Emma Stewart, yeah, th- th- this is a really good filly. She's beautifully bred and uh, she's unbeaten as it stands. So speaking of Emma Stewart, she is set to play a huge role at this meeting. She swept uh, all but one of the semifinals there last Saturday night, Steve. So it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how many finals they walk away with this weekend. But if you're looking for one, one in particular, I would have to say it would be that filly because uh, she just looks untapped at the moment. She's looked awesome. She took the Breeders' Challenge. She was so dominant scoring last week. So, yeah, very exciting filly. So that's probably the one horse that uh, I'm looking forward to most this weekend. Darren McCall is with us now, Chris. Well, I wanted to chat with Darren McCall, Steve, because he produced a winner yesterday... And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it looks it looks very exciting for the future. Jet Legs, a three-year-old trotter by Quaker Jet out of Edge Hill. She was a really good race mare, Edge Hill, closely related to Plymouth Chubb and a few others that are currently getting about in Victoria. So I just wanted to find out the background on Jet Legs, find out more about what the future holds. So the best person to ask is Darren McCall, and he joins us now. Darren, appreciate the time. Yeah, no worries, Chris. Did you have something of the 21, Darren? I'm not really a gambler, mate. Uh, <laughs> I work hard enough to make my money. Yeah. Why was the horse 21 bucks? Um, you know, he had two previous starts. Uh, were probably both unattractive on paper. Um, but, you know, the one thing that, um, you know, probably looked all right was even though he made a break in one start at Menangle, they did go 55. If he hadn't have broke, he probably would have tried to mile in 57. He still went 59 himself on a gallop. So he, he did show some some ability. So two starts prior to yesterday, one in Victoria, then one in Sydney. So now he's found his way to Queensland. He's perfect here, one for one. You gave him a trial. Looking back last night at that trial, it was more than okay, that trial, wasn't it? 
Yeah, his throw was okay. Um, I kind of wasn't... He didn't steer real well, so I wasn't really happy with the way he steered. Um, he's very big and he's very green at the moment. He, he's probably wobbly. His name should have been Wobbly Legs, but he, um, you know, he's just immature. Um, I reckon it's probably six months down the track before, you know, I can get him to his best. So how did he end up in your care? Uh, well, Darren Hancock and I are very good friends, have been for a long time, and um, you know, he, he, he made a break that day in, at an angle and I was there with my team racing for the Breeders' Challenge and he said to me, he said, he'll be all right for me. I'm going to qualify him next week. And I didn't really, you know, Jerry to what he was saying. And he come and qualified him next week. He goes, here you go. So what do you mean? He goes, take him home with you. He said, take him back to Queensland because um, the way the class is programmed at an angle, he said, he's kind of going to have to race over his head. And he said, he's just not ready to go 55. So he said, take him to Queensland. He's your horse. Do what you do, do what you do. You know, he said, and I reckon he'll be okay. So that was that. Okay. So he comes out yesterday, wins. He trots good time, 2-2.9. He is a big sort of gangly type. So if we're looking down the track, um, you know, do you think he's going to, you know, measure up and be something more than useful? Uh, you know what? I was pretty confident in the run. Um, that's hence why I come out halfway through the turn because he's got a big gait on him. He felt better when when he reached out for it. So um, the leader was kind of gone and I was kind of doubling him up. I thought I'd better get him out and let him trot a little. Um, but if, at the top of the stretch, I would have said, you know what, he could probably win a race or two. But about 100 metres out, I just touched him just gently with the whip. And at the line, I actually had a big hold of him and it took me a long way down the backside to get him back to me. So um, he gave me a really good feel. Uh, like I say, I wouldn't have thought of the top of the stretch, but, but when I asked him, he still had the plugs in. So that was that was pretty easy for him. So he, he did shock me a little. Yeah. Mm. It looked easy at the line, so I'm not surprised that you said that uh, he felt really strong. You've worked with a lot of good trotters, in particular up in North America. Um, this guy, does he do anything out of the ordinary? Do, do you have to gate him up a little bit differently, or is it all basic sort of stuff? Uh, no, he was scalping pretty bad, so he was kind of hitting on his, you know, his past into his lower ankle and behind when, when he came. Um, I changed his shoes. I put uh, I put a Scandinavian shoe on him, got a razor shoe on him, which will allow him to slide a little bit, but get some grab when he when he actually has to ask for it. So I think they helped him. I put a pair of scalpers on him, and you know I tried to get his head down a little bit and took his check off him. But you know he, his back's kind of troubling him at the moment, and he he kind of needs more muscle tone on him. Uh, but I'd say that's you know he's just a growing boy. He's a big boy, and I can't seem to fill him up with feed at the moment. Uh, Seem to be able to give him more feed, more feed every day, and he's looking for more. So, um, I think with a, you know, let's say with a couple of months down the track, and he can develop. I think uh, he feels feels like he could develop into a nice horse. Okay, so by the time he does fully mature, he he could be a really big lump of a horse. Yeah, he's a big boy, and you know, like when Darren said take him home, I looked at him and I said, you know what, um, you can see there's with time there'll be improvement, but. Um, I, I raced against his mother, um, Edge Hill, when Blake Fitzpatrick trained her. She's a very good mare. I think she won like 10 from 42 starts. So she she was, like I say, a really nice trotter. And when he said, take this one home, and I know the French breed really well, uh, being my wife being Scandinavian, you know, they don't really come good till four, five, six, you know, so they don't expect them to even race at two or three. So, you know, if he's kind of showing this, you know, ability, you know, like I say the French breed don't get better with age. Okay, so do you plan on giving him a short campaign or you're just going to let him tell you where he's at? Uh, he, he will only race until um, early December. 
um, because we're going to Europe for a holiday for about three or four weeks, uh, my wife and I. It's time for a break. We haven't had one for about three years. So, um, yeah, he'll get a couple of weeks off then, which will do him the world of good. I'll be able to at least get some feed into now and kind of hopefully get him rigged how I need him to be and then give him a spell and we'll see how he comes back after. Okay, well, we look forward to seeing more of Jed Legs. Just speaking about the Breeders' Challenger campaign that you, you uh, participated in, Miss Fru-Fru last week in the Blue Final, what did you make? Uh, you know, she raced really good. Um, you know, Barrier 9 probably was the difference between winning and losing. Um, you know, there was a speed inside me, and I knew there would be. I thought, I thought that Savion would probably find the front, but, you know, they all uh, protected their spots and actually parked her out, and I thought, well, we kind of got no chance. We sit in ninth, tenth at the top of the stretch here at Menangle. You know, if they come 27, which they did, you, you kind of got no shot. So I put her in the race. I was really happy with the run. Um, she, she looked a little tired the next day. I think that was kind of the end of her campaign. You know, she, she kind of had just probably, you know, trained off a little bit. Um, but, you know, in saying that, you know, she won a heat at Newcastle. She was third in the semi. She paced 51.8 in the major final, you know, being... Uh, sixth or seventh, um, and from Barry eight too. So, you know, she, all, all things said and done, she, she raced well. Okay, so do you give her a good break and how much improvement do you think you'll have uh, as a three-year-old? Yeah, she'll be off until we come back now. So she's going to get a good break. Um, look, I do like a chance of coming back and being a, a pretty nice three-year-old filly. Um, she, she improved a hell of a lot this time in um, from my first campaign. You know, so with the, you know, I think I give her six weeks off there in the middle of the year. Um, you know, she she went from probably a 58 pacer to being able to pace a mile in you know 53 or even like 51.8 in the in the major final. So look, uh, you know, we all want obviously an Oaks filly or a Derby horse, but um, I'll give her the chance. You know, she'll have enough time off now to train back, and she she is Bathurst Gold Tiara eligible, so that'll probably be um, you know the the major will be looking for, but if she trains up good enough, well, then she could head to Sydney a little earlier. But if not, we'll just go for the tiara. Well, there's no shortage of features for a young horse, whether it be a two-year-old or a three-year-old. There seems to be options galore. Yeah, there is. And, and you know what? They're kind of spread out all over the year. So it kind of works out for you. If you're ready early, you can get into a couple early ones and give them a break and, you know, pick up some later on in the year. So it kind of works for everyone there. If your horse is kind of not, not ready early. You can just wait a little bit and go for later ones. Can I ask you just on that, the fact that we've changed and we're now in sync with the calendar year, is that more beneficial for the for the horse? Do you, do you agree with this move or do you like the old sort of traditional format? I prefer it the way it is. I think that this works well. You know, like if everyone, if they spread their races out, um, instead of them all jammed into a short period of time, um, it gives a trainer options then, you know, like, is that horse ready early? No. Well, we'll just back off its training and, 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 you know, as it comes on, then we can still find races for it. Otherwise, um, you know, with the money that's available and obviously every owner wants to be in them, it constantly forces your hand to, to push the horse a little more than probably what's needed at that time. So I think the way it is now, um, you know, with the races kind of, you know, as the Oaks start early in New South Wales, but, you know, then the other feature races start and they just keep going on. I think it gives us a chance to allow the horse time to mature and, and, and be ready for those races. Mm. I'm going to ask a question. I reckon I know the answer to it, but we've <laughs> seen this uh, change in, in to a calendar year in Australia and New Zealand. Will the Yanks ever come on board with this? Well, they always run calendar year, actually, there. Yeah. So, you know, like the, their, their two-year-olds are always, like, two at the start of the year and so on, and their races always start 
you know, although they don't start as early as what we do um, because of the weather, really. That's the only thing they actually start. Uh, feature two races probably start about June because you know, you kind of got to let it thaw out a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's, that's why I say I, I like it more because, you know, I'm used to that from training overseas, you know, your, your races are spread out throughout the year. So you, you do have a chance to, you know, to do what you need to do as a trainer with a horse. You know, you give it its option to be a good horse or if it ain't, well, you know, that's how it is. But at least you have your chance. Okay. You've got four runners tonight hoping to pick up some spending money for the triple way. 48 Henson in race one. He's been freshened. Any expectations here from this drawgate pipe? You know what? Uh, he, he's, he went down the bad fall. Kind of been patchy form ever since. Um, he, he's very hard to gauge. His track work this last week or so has been really good, um, but you know he's one that's probably, like I say, needs he needs to get some confidence again. He needs to get a couple of good checks under his belt. I'd say, um, you know, he he just lost that form that that won him like 19 races or 18 races in his career after that fall. He's been a little in and out since. Okay, cupcakes and whipped cream in race two, gate four. What are you expecting tonight? Always a chance, Cupcakes. Um, she's a great racehorse, got good gate speed, can sit on a helmet. Um, look, I thought her run last start was pretty good. She was off about three or four weeks while I was in Sydney. Just kind of got a little tired late. She shouldn't get tired tonight. I, I think she's a good chance. Okay, race six, you've got Iron Annie. Uh, drawn off the second row here, two off the second row. I'm tipping you'd be happy with that draw. Yeah, draw's okay. Field's probably all right for her. Um, if she races up to her track work, she could win it. Um, I just don't know whether sometimes her, her mind's in it. You know, she's she she felt the win the last start, um, but that was only a first run for me, and um, I thought she could have been a little better. She wasn't beaten far, but I do expect her on a work to probably be better tonight. All right, and Tuffy in race seven. He's a twenty-five start maiden, so will tonight be his night? Well, he'll get his option. He'll be going forward. Um, I don't think he's suited when he's back in the field and there's a slightly run race. He just seems to be a bit one pace so, um, you know, we'll be sending him forward and either looking for the front or up close because uh, I don't think it suits him to be sitting in the pack and then sprinting one quarter. So, Alright, well that's tough. You've got the four mares starting on Saturday night uh, two in hmm. each race. The Maharani girl from Oz, they go around in race six and then in race eight, loving Miss Dixie see Sempre Tilly. Are you happy with all the four mares? Yeah, um, the only one probably has uh, been a little disappointing the last couple of starts of Love Miss Dixie, but uh, all the rest of them were raced really well. Um, you know, Girl from Oz, uh, you know, was something beat uh, last start there. Um, you know, Maharani won, and Sister Bratelli's won the last two, so they're, they're in good form. Okay, well, hopefully there's some winners for you over the next couple of days, but uh, you got a nice one there yesterday with jet leg scoring. Darren, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside tonight. Thanks, Chris. Enjoy your Thanks. holiday, Darren. Thank you. <laughs> Darren McCall. Chris, um, yeah, I, I put a call through to Freddie Tabor on the back of your advice uh, about Captain yeah. Ravishing, and, yeah, you're right. He said that uh, the horse is likely to go towards the Chariots of Fire after the weekend's race, where he'll be very short, of course, at Melton, and then likely to go back into Armand's name, Armand Tabor. Okay. And they're looking at races like the Tab Eureka and so on next year and all the big ones, but at this stage, Chariots of Fire. And, yeah, when the horse goes to Sydney, likely to go back to Armand Tabor. Is, is, right. So your mail was right. Okay. I couldn't have, I couldn't have questioned it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're never uh, wrong, are you? Good. Yeah, plenty of times. Plenty Ta of times. Taylor Gillespie is with us. Taylor, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, you've got a couple of runners tonight, and I just wanted to expand on them. The stable's going really well, but before I get to tonight's runners, just on last week, you sent around a hoker, Jimmy. He contested the list of Bill Dixon, and he ran his heart out. You must have been thrilled with Jimmy last week. Yeah, we were. Um, he got us a little excited. Dad and I were both screaming for him up the straight, but couldn't be any happier with him. He loomed at the top of the straight, didn't he? Yeah, he did. We thought he had third, but just that one on the inside got him. But no, you know, to have a horse good enough to go in those sort of races is a thrill in itself. But for him to be right there in the finish was extra exciting. Mm. So you're going to back him up on Saturday night. He's drawn the ace. So can he take it on Saturday night? I hope so. Um, he's got enough early speed, hopefully, to... Um, kick up early and hand up to the, the right horse, whatever that will be. But um, he's not really a leader. So I hope with the right run, he can get the job done. He's definitely going well enough too. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And he's been consistent for a fair period of time now. He just keeps turning up week in, week out and, and you know, really, you know, trying his heart out. Yeah, I think he's probably racing in career best form at the moment. He's just, even at home, he's real full of himself and he's... Um, yeah, no, couldn't be happier. All right. Well, let's focus on tonight. You've got John Rod, one of the stable stars, because he's another one that uh, gives his all every time he steps out. But he's got a wide gate, but he's a last start winner. Can he go back to back? I uh, hope so. Uh, it's an awkward draw, obviously. And um, I guess we'll just leave it up to Maddie. Sort of, I don't know that the lead's there, but um, and it's over the longer trip, so whether Maddie wants to sit parked over the longer trip, whether he can get up there. But last week showed with the tempo on the whole way that he could sort of sit back and then go at the bell and outstay them. So I'll just leave it all up to Maddie. Okay. The distance won't be any issue. Like the, the further, the better for John Rod, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we've only given him the two starts over the longer trip and he's won on each occasion. So hopefully that's a good sign for tonight. Okay, fingers crossed. Race four, it's another awkward draw here. Gate six again, kudos Mason. He was a winner two starts ago. Were you disappointed last time out? Yeah, he was disappointing. Um, we were told when he came from Newcastle that if he did any early work or got a little fiery early, he never normally seems to get home. And Maddie said he did get a little fiery early last week and we're hoping that was all it was. He just couldn't finish off. But... um. Hopefully from that draw, he can just go straight back and um, if genuine speed's on, be right there in the finish too. Well, just looking at that field and uh, the way it might play out early, it looks like you might get that tempo that you're sort of looking for with uh, Kudos Mason. Yeah, hopefully so. And I think compared to last week's field, this one's probably slightly easier for him. All right, race five tonight. Here's a good draw lurking. Fourth start for the stable. Can he break through? I hope so. I thought he would break through the last couple runs he's had, but he's um, he's just taking a little working out. Um, the start before last, he sat behind the leader, and um, we thought he was the winner. And when Maddie put him down the sprint lane, he um, flogged his knee. So then he sort of dropped a bit and didn't want to go. And last start, Maddie said he felt the winner, but just didn't want to go past him. So I think we've got to make a few gear adjustments, and hopefully. Um, a win won't be far away. All right. And then we go across to the last, Major Charlie. He's a horse that's been in good, consistent form. He was unplaced last time out, but potentially it looks a little sticky here, gate five. What are the expectations with him? 
it just depends what horse decides to show up. He um, there's sort of two of him. One one week he'll go and he'll go super, and you think he's right, and the next week you could have all the phases go his way and he can't get the job done. So if the right horse shows up, I'm sure he'll be thereabouts, but it's all up to him. Okay, so which is the best of your quartet tonight? I've got to stick with Johnny. Okay, John Rod it is in race number two. Just out of curiosity, you're having uh, your best season. You've eclipsed uh, last year where, you know, you you created a, a new personal milestone with winners for the season. So with 30 winners against your name so far, how many do you reckon Matty Elkins has driven for you? Oh, um, I would say most of them, uh, yeah. I, there might be probably, I wouldn't even say there'd be 10 that other drivers have won for us. I'd say most of them would be Matty. Okay. Well, he, he's having a super season himself. So um, the bulk mm. of those wins probably have been for you. Yeah, it's really good having him drive all our horses, actually. It, he gets to know them as well as us and gives his opinion on them, and it's, it's working out really well. Right. How many are in work for you right now? We did have 18, um, but with all the wet weather we've had recently, our track's not too well at the moment, so we've had to put a few out in the paddock, but there's um, 11 in work at the moment. Okay. Still more than enough to keep you busy. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, good luck tonight. Hopefully there's a winner for you. And uh, good luck on Saturday night with a hoka, Jimmy, fresh off that big run in the Bill Dixon last week. Thank you for that, Chris. There's Taylor Gillespie joining us. So four runners tonight. John Rod, uh, she has labelled as her best chance, and that's her first run at race two, number six. And he's going to be hard in the market. There's no doubt about it. Last start winner, and he loves racing at Redcliffe. Darren Clayton joins us. Darren, good morning. Morning, Chris. Your best bet for tonight? Yeah, I thought uh, it was a good night there tonight. And it comes up in race number five, horse number three, Living Free. Uh, He'll be second up for the new stable. First up, the effort was pretty good. Uh, He had gate six at Albion Park um, too far back and was pretty good to the line. I think he gets his chance to show his early speed uh, and get across there and finds the right conditions. Race five, number three, Living Free. Okay, 2.30 currently with Tab. Anything else on that eight-race program that you like? Yeah, um, in race number three, horse number five, get a load of this bro, I thought found the right type of race. Just uh, found it a little bit tough last time out. He worked in the run um, and he faded. That was the race last week that Bella Bronski cleared out and scored a big win. So uh, I thought that's the right type of form. And after doing that work in the run, uh, he finds suitable race there, not overly strong. So race three, number five, get a load of this bro. 310 with Tam. Now, throw some numbers at me for a quaddy, please. Races 5, 6, 7 and 8. Yeah, so the quaddy will be uh, skinny and then wide in the last leg. So happy to go one out with Living Free, number three in that first leg. Like I said, I think he looks a good thing. The second leg, uh, happy to go one out with number three, Sunny Cove. He'll be fitter. Um, it was a good effort first up and uh, two runs back. He was only just a half head away from Fast Tracker. So that's good form for a race like that there at Redcliffe tonight. The third leg, race seven, again, will go one out with number eight, Major Rumble. He'll take plenty of benefit from his first up run behind Go the Red. And in the last leg, 
playing this super wide. I've got number one Mad-Eye Reactor on top just by purely from the gate. Batman Bart's going good. We're throwing him in as well. Throwing in number three, that's in a hurry. Number nine, Wonder Woman Jujon. And um, also including there a couple of others, like I said, playing that really wide. Number two, Tullhurst Cuddles. And number five, Major Tralee. So one, two, three, four, five and nine in the final leg. Okay, so six runners going around there, and that's a grand total of $6 for the quaddy tonight. Yeah, and you could probably make a case for throwing the whole field in that final leg, actually, because I found that a really tough race to assess, but those other three legs, happy to go one out in each of those. Just looking at it, it might be a night to play a multi as well. You've mentioned a couple of runners there, your best bet being in race five, living free, race three, get a load of this, bro. You've gone skinny in a couple of those races, like with Sunny Cove in race six, and even in race seven, you've gone skinny there with... Uh, a major rumble, so it might be a good opportunity to take a nice multi. Yeah, it could be the play, Chris, because there's a few there that certainly look uh, do look over line. Even the weekend in race one, he moves into barrier one, so he'll be mighty hard to beat there as well. So um, could be a good night for our favourite punters. Okay, hopefully a fill-up. The first of eight tonight at 5.50. couple of other things. We've got Morford Villain just over five minutes. Just from the weekend, we saw those uh, feature events at Albion Park. Just on the the feature trot and the feature pace. Connections of both Majestic Harry and Mac Da Vinci have accepted their golden tickets, so they're off to Melbourne, so they'll start on Saturday week. They're tackling the Inner Dominion. How do you think those Queenslanders will perform during that, that series? I think uh, starting with the pacer first, uh, Mac Da Vinci, I think he'll do a good job. Uh, he went around in last year's Inner Dominion as well, so um, he's just got that extra year of seasoning under his belt, so... Um, you know, he looks like a horse that should handle the format pretty well. And if he draws well in those heats, he's certainly um, a horse. He looks versatile enough. He can lead. He can come off speed. And the, the extra trip or the sprint trip doesn't seem to bother him. So I think he's uh, he's really in with a shot in that race. Um, if you were the owner, you'd be, I might just, taking nothing away from Shane Graham, but I might just be telling Leonard to uh, get the bag packed and head along with him and see if he could maintain that strike rate he's got with him but uh as for the other fellow majestic harry look i think um you've got to give it a shot you've got to go down i think the the task will be a, a lot tougher for him i think that trotting uh into dominion some of those southern trotters um will have a little bit of an edge but that said um they've got to get through the the series and uh, i don't think majestic harry should have any trouble getting through that series and and be used to the travel so um, if if he performs well in a couple of those early heats there's nothing to say he doesn't make his way through to the final because uh, again he's a horse that's versatile as well so um, yeah you've got to give it a shot and he might just find it a little bit tough but um, if you owned him I'd be doing exactly the same thing. Okay just looking at the tab prices here Majestic Harry $151 for the win $31 Mac Da Vinci's not even on their market uh, he's, uh, they might not have seen the, the golden ticket get presented there on Saturday night. So, but yeah, oh, he'll that be there. And, form doesn't rate. Yeah, that that could be the other thing because um, you know we are that does get shunned somewhat. So, but anyway, that's that's how it rolls, and nothing like getting in there and getting an underdog victory either. Mm. I've got a homework question for you uh, today that I want you to answer on Friday for me, but just after the weekend. In the space of a week, 
does speed dating now capture the Queensland Mirror of the Year title off the back of those Group 2 victories, the, the Peak of the Creek and then the Forever Gold? Don't give me the answer now. Think about it. Work out uh, who else is in the mix there and uh, tell me on Friday. But that's your question. Has she done enough in the space of a week claiming two Group uh, two group two races to be crowned the Queensland Mayor of the Year? So I look forward to that answer coming through on Friday. That's your homework for this uh, this Wednesday. Yeah, looking forward to it. I've, um, I'll get the pencils and paper out ready to go. Okay. Steve, that is mobile rolling for this uh, this Wednesday.